This is the Grind It Podcast. We know just like grinding a handrail or across the coping can be challenging at times, so can life be. We share God's Word and personal stories to encourage you to keep grinding and to not give up. It's time to grind. So here's the old school skateboarder himself, Randall Tucker. Welcome to the Grounded Podcast. Welcome. Bienvenidos a todos. Yeah. In the words of the great prophet, Curtis Blow, in the awesome band, Run DMC, that has a song back in the 80s that said, Hard times are coming to your town. Tell you what, homeboy, don't let them get you down. <laughs> you remember that song? No, I don't. <laughs> Well, take my word for it. It was a good. It was a good song. Okay. Um, we're going to talk about um, staying faithful in the hard times today. We're going to look at John the Baptist. But before we do, why don't you pray? Mm, yes, I'd love to. Right. Thank you, Father. Thank you for another opportunity to gather around your Word and ask you for wisdom and revelation, for knowledge and understanding. God, illuminate our minds, that we would see you more clearly and know you deeper. That's our desire tonight. And we know that you give good gifts to your children. So thank you. Lord, let it not just be knowledge that puffs up, but let it be um, that we are doers of the word, things that we can apply to our lives. Thank you that your promise is that it goes from Logos, the written word, to Rhema, that living word in us. We ask for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So you said something in your prayer that sparked another song. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all the obstacles in my way. All right. It goes right along with it. Okay. Rain, obstacles, hard times. Obstacles. Now that it's gone, they can see clearly now. Mm-hmm. That's what people want. They want to be able to see clearly. But sometimes they could, you know, going through a storm and they can't see very well. Because one of the, what, if you think about it, one of the, and I, I said this in a bunch of podcasts before, but one of the biggest misconceptions that people have about following Jesus is they think that when they come to Jesus, that nothing's supposed to go wrong in their life. That, they, <laughs> that they're not going to have any kind of trouble or, you know, there's no storm clouds coming. It's just all sunshine and... Rose. Sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. Well, I don't know that no. one. <laughs> I hope you just made that one up. I, I no, know. I didn't. No, I don't know that one. That's okay. Wow, you got one on me. That's already. Um, But not to be a Debbie Downer, but <clears throat> when, when we come to Christ, life actually gets harder. What? Yeah, it gets harder. Because uh, there's an enemy out there that's going to start bumping up his game to try to knock us off our game. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but there's many reasons why um, we hard times come, storms come, life trials, life, you know, life challenges, whatever, however you want to say this. You know, you got God testing us. Um, you got the devil discouraging. You got consequences of our own actions. Consequences of other people's actions is which was what's going to happen today with with John the Baptist, and then hey, just sometimes things happen. Mm-hmm. Things happen, and 
Are you reading? Or, or Mary's going to read? All right, it says it's a lengthy reading, verses 14 through 29. But uh, in today's podcast, we're going to look at John the Baptist um, because because of somebody else, um, he literally loses his head. And it's brought to them on a silver platter. You have a better story. <laughs> All right. Shall I? Yes. Okay, shall. so we are in Mark chapter 6, starting at verse 14. King Herod heard about this, for Jesus' name had become well known. Some were saying, John the Baptist has been raised from the dead, and that is why miraculous powers are at work in him. Others said, he is Elijah. And still others claimed he's a prophet, like one of the prophets of long ago. So they're looking at all these miracles that Jesus has been doing, what we've been talking about in the previous mm-hmm. podcast and the verses. And so, and so now this is going to kick Mark into a backstory on, on John the Baptist. Right. We have kind of a flashback here. Yeah. But when Herod heard this, he said, John, whom I beheaded, has been raised from the dead. Here goes the flashback. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. What movie is it from? Okay. Verse 17. Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had him bound and put in prison. He did this because of his wife, his. Sorry. He did this because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. Uh-oh. For John had been saying to Herod, It is not lawful for you to have your brother's wife. So Herodias nursed a grudge against John and yeah, wanted to kill him. But she was not able to because Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. When Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled. Yet he liked to listen to him. Finally, the opportune time came. On his birthday, Herod gave a banquet for his high officials and military commanders and the leading men of Galilee. When the daughter of Herodias came in and danced, she pleased Herod and his dinner guests. The king said to the girl, Ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, Whatever you ask, I will give you up to half my kingdom. She went out and said to her mother, What shall I ask for? The head of John the Baptist, she answered. At once the girl hurried in to the king with a request. I want you to give me right now the head of John the Baptist on a platter. The king was greatly distressed. But because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner with orders to bring John's head. The man went, beheaded John in the prison, and brought back his head on a platter. Gross. He presented it to the girl, and she gave it to her mother. On hearing of this, John's disciples came and took his body and laid it in a tomb. All right, so there's <clears throat> there's several Herods in the New Testament. There's Herod the Great. When Jesus was born, he died around... 4 AD, I think it is, 3 or 4 AD. And you have Herod Antipas, who is the one who has John the Baptist beheaded and refused to pass judgment on Jesus. And at the Passion of the Christ, where he's like 
shown to be a little fruity. Isn't that, isn't that the one? <laughs> Maybe. And then you have Herod Agrippa I, um, who was the one who persecuted the church in the book of Acts. Um, this Herod Agrippa I is the brother of Herodias. And we'll come back to uh, uh, Herodias here in, in just a little bit and talk more about her because she is the reason why uh, John the Baptist is killed because of a grudge. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was saying a while ago, some, one of the reasons why we go th- through hard times in life or life challenges is because the consequences of other people's actions. You know, and um, obviously John was doing what was right. He was just telling Herod, hey, if you want to be right in God's sight, you, this is wrong what you're doing here. Right. It's and, not okay. And what's interesting, and we'll get more into this in a, in a few minutes, but um, Herod liked listening to John. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he liked John. And he did not want to kill John, but because of what he said in front of his dinner guests, and we'll talk more about that in a few minutes, but um, he had to stick with it. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Yeah. Be careful, little mouth, what you say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so, obviously, sometimes the Bible gives a lot of details, and sometimes it doesn't give a lot of details. And I think in this case, we're probably grateful that it doesn't give a lot of details because most people will say this girl was good looking and naked and prancing around naked in front of a bunch of drunk men is not good, a good situation. Um, But this is not Herod's daughter. This is Herodias' daughter. So this, in matter of fact, Herod is actually her uncle. This, right. this is Herod Antipas, and it's her uncle that uh, that's married to her mom, which is weird mm-hmm. to begin with. This whole, but it all boils down to a, a power, and we'll talk about that in just a minute. Um, because Herodias loved power; mm-hmm. she came from a, a, a family with, with power, and. Um, she married this Herod Antipas for power so she can be in a position of power just so she can do stuff like this. Um, before the days of internet, you've always had internet, haven't you? Mm-mm. No? The internet came after you were born? I was going to use it in middle school. In middle school? Right, 2005-ish. That's when they had the great... Dial-up. Dial-up. <laughs> Making all the noises. Well, before the days of internet and Google, we had the encyclopedias. Did you ever have a set of encyclopedias? Oh, yeah. We talked when you went to college. You actually went to a library. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are these great places called libraries. <laughs> they still exist. Everybody expects you to be quiet because everybody's reading. Yeah. Books, these antiquated things with paper in yeah. them and words. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yes, those things still exist. <laughs> okay, encyclopedias. Yes, go yeah, ahead. The whole set of encyclopedias. My mm-hmm. mom had a set. You know. um, world, world book. So the Encyclopedia Britannica says this about Herod and Herodias. Herodias also urged her husband to attempt to discredit her brother Herod Agrippa I, 
who had recently received the Tetrarchy of Batanaea and Trachonitis, however you say those two words, to the east of the Sea of Galilee. Their efforts antagonized or had upset the Emperor Caligula, however, and the couple was banished to Gaul in 39 CE. So you can see their power, and they tried to manipulate, and it backfired on them, and they got banished. They, they lost their power, and they were banished to Gaul. Uh, little is known of their lives following their exile. So that, that's from uh, the Encyclopedia Britannica. So if Herod Agrippa was her brother, it tells me that she come from a family of power, right? Mm -hmm. She's spoiled rotten, and she's used to getting her way, you know, or at least manipulating mm -hmm. people to get her way. Uh, she would do anything, manipulate whoever she had to to get her way and whatever she wanted. And this woman did not like John uh, the baptizer. Matter of fact, she probably hated John because John didn't fear her. John did not back down. I'm sure she sent message after message telling John to shut his mouth mm. because she knew that what she was doing was wrong. And she didn't want to hear it. You know. Um, but John didn't back down. He kept saying this is wrong, and what John does is confront her sin. Mm -hmm. We don't like nobody likes to have somebody come to him and say, "Hey, you're in sin." You know, kind of like you think of uh, Nathan and David mm -hmm. with Bathsheba. And David right. gets irate, gets mad. This guy needs Who to be killed. Who is this man? Yeah, right. right. And John says, "Yeah, Nathaniel, Nathan. Yeah, yeah Nathan, not John. Uh, Nathan says you're the man. You're the guilty one." Um, but nobody likes to be confronted about their sin. Um, and so John is r reminding her over and over again, you're in sin because of your marriage situation. And, uh, and so she wants him dead. She wants to, you know, to silence him forever. You know, Herod, I think Herod puts John in prison, hoping that'll appease her. Mm -hmm. But she's like, no, it's gotta be, uh, he's gotta be gone. He's gotta be silenced. Mm-hmm. Um, in Matthew 23 uh, Jesus pronounces these woes on the, the, the religious leaders on the, in particular the Pharisees and the Sadducees right mm -hmm. um, they, these people they, they, when we go through these the gospels in, in particular we're in the book of Mark but we see how they hated Jesus they wanted him dead right um, why because Jesus called out their he exposed he shined their a sin. light yeah right. their sin he exposed their sin and so they you know they try to stone him they try to push him off a cliff they wanted him dead same thing with the disciples um, you know, in, in the book of Acts you know they're exposing sin mm -hmm. and they're being persecuted um, and and that's what we see here with with, with John um, Herodias loved power uh, she even changed her name to, to fit in with the power you know, Herod Herodias her name in the Greek means to monitor or to watch over and you can kind of see this as she keeps her eye on everything that, that that's going on and wanting to control everything which sounds very narcissistic sounds a lot of like jezebel yeah, a lot of like Je jezebel yeah i mean think about that that's a good point mm -hmm. but it happened because because mm -hmm. uh, I, I i wrote uh you know herod was herod was the person in power he was the head right but mm -hmm. what turns the head? The neck. Mm -hmm. And so Herodias, like, yeah, I might yeah. not be the, the head honcho, but, you know, I can influence the head honcho. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> I found an article uh, by this man, um, J.C. Warren. Uh, he is from uh, the Tilburg University in the Netherlands. And he says the name Herodias is the feminine form of the masculine name Herod, which means hero. Hero. She was a granddaughter of Herod the Great and the daughter of Aristobulus and Bernice. Herodias left her first husband to enter into a relationship with her uncle, Herod Antipas, the Tetrarch. For the marriage of Herodias and Antipas to take place, two divorces were needed. Herodias herself left her first husband, and Antipas broke his marriage with a Nabataean princess, the daughter of King Aretas, A-R-E-T-A-S, Aretas the fourth. Hmm. So... That's what I'm saying. She comes from power, a family of power, right? And Herodias proves that she loves power and what she does here with John. Um, because Herod didn't want to kill John, but the text even makes that declaration that he loved John. He liked listening to John. He wasn't fond of what John was saying. He was often puzzled by it. Yeah. But... Yeah. And, you know, we all have our favorite preachers. And we like listening to certain preachers. But what happens when those certain preachers start talking about the sin that we're, we're in? It's like they're reading our mail. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of like what's going on here. But Mark says that, that Herod feared John and protected him, knowing him to be a righteous and holy man. And when Herod heard John, he was greatly puzzled, yet he liked to listen to him. Right? Mm-hmm. But there's an instigator. There's, there's somebody behind that's manipulating the situation. To, to get rid of John, to silence John forever, and that's Herodias, right? Yeah. For Herod himself had given orders to have John arrested, and he had had him bound and put into prison. And he did this because of, and that's what Mark specifically says, Her, Herod done this, he had John arrested and put in prison because of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, whom he had married. So Mark's pointing out his sin as well, right? Um, and so this whole time, uh, she is behind the scenes formulating a plan of how she can get rid of, of, of John the Baptist. Um, and so she plans a party for her husband. Uh, there's going to be uh, alcohol involved. And when you have a group of men and alcohol and uh, that first of all, that's that's not a good situation to begin with, um, and now you're going to throw in an attractive young lady to to dance around in front of these men, right? And this is her own mother coming up with this plan, which is kind of crazy. Um, but she's but like I said, she she's going to manipulate the situation, and she's going to she doesn't care who she uses, mm-hmm. as long as she gets what she wants. Um. We can see her master plan, not caring who she hurts or destroys, and she's come up with a plan to use her daughter from a previous marriage with Antipas' brother, Salome. This is her daughter's name, Salome. Salome um, was a, a good, probably a good-looking young lady. And we're going to get these men drunk, have Salome do some sexy dancing, and uh, see if she can manipulate the situation, and that's what happens. And... Herod throws out there in front of everybody and all of his guests. He says, ask me for anything you want and I'll give it to you. And he promised her with an oath, Mark says. 
And whatever you ask, I'll give it to you up to half my kingdom. Now think about that. I'll give you anything you want up to half my kingdom. I, 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 I could put you in power. Mm-hmm. And, and she goes to her mom and says, well, what, what, what should I ask for? Of all the things to ask for, John the Baptist is head in the... You can have anything you want. All this money, all this power, mm-hmm. all this wealth, fame, whatever. Now, mom wants John the Baptist's head. So. We are releasing the sound Cause the lost generation to be found All you Grinded Podcast listeners, I know you enjoy some good music, but I want to tell you about some awesome music. Now, my friend, Mary Gamboa, she's also the worship leader at the church where I worship, called Authentic Church here in Alcoa, Tennessee. We'd love to invite you to come out and check us out sometime when you get a chance. Start at 10 a.m. And we're on Lindsay Street here in Alcoa. Mary has produced a new album called Jealous. And you can check that out anywhere music is being streamed. But you can also check it out at marygamboamusic.com. That's Mary G A M B O A music.com. Go check that out. Kind of a weird request. But he has to give it to her because he promised her with an oath. But see, that's the bad thing about alcohol and drugs. You, they, it clouds your mind. It clouds your judgment. You don't, you're not really thinking. And, and now they, they got this party going on. There's a party going on around here. <laughs> and, and, and so they're not, he's not thinking clearly. He's all excited. She's, you know, danced provocatively before mm-hmm. him and his guests. And so he's, he's all excited. And without him thinking, hey, I'll just give you whatever you want. Up to have my kingdom. What do you want? Well, give me the head of, of, of John the Baptist. So there's three three things I want to point out real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, three. I mean, there's a whole lot more lessons in this than these three, but this is the three that I want to discuss. Number one, be careful who you trust. Be careful who you trust, because people are selfish. Even even your preachers, believe it or not, they're selfish. Uh, they they have things going on in their life, and um, they walk through storms too. Right, <clears throat> but our goal is to be more like Jesus. Our goal is to, you know, but but we're, nobody's there. We're not perfect. We're not Jesus. We strive to be like Him, but our flesh it has desires and and wants or whatever. And a lot of times we're selfish. Mm-hmm. So be careful who you trust. Because people are selfish and people want what's best for them. Yeah. You find that out the hard way. Because your feelings ever get hurt? Why do your feelings ever get hurt? Because of selfish motive, motives from somebody else. Um, people will do whatever and they'll say whatever to get their way. And I was thinking about Jacob and Esau. Yeah. Jacob wanted that birthright. Well, why do you want the birthright? Because he gets the blessings. Double portion. Yeah. And it, it, the birthright belonged to Esau. Mm-hmm. And Jacob deceives Esau with the soup, right? Esau's like, I'm just starving. I'm, I, I need something to eat and I'll smell your soup. And you'll give it to me. Well, give me your birthright. Over some soup, really? You know? Mm-hmm. Bad trade-off. But the bad thing about it is, you know, when he deceives 
his own dad puts on the, the animal skin so he could, you know, because dad was blind and thought he was on his deathbed. His mom helped him with the whole right. plan, right? But that's that's what that's what people do, unfortunately. Even the best of people can sometimes have selfish motives. Right. Well, and I think this has to be balanced by be careful who you trust because because we are fleshly and inherently selfish um however you know you look at jesus he knew everything yet he still chose judas Mm -hmm. to be part of his closest 12. Mm -hmm. i mean and he knew what the end would be but that that there would be a purpose even in that you know um so you don't want to swing the other side of the pendulum and go don't ever trust anybody or be paranoid of everyone but how many people say everybody's that? gonna bite you you know how many people say that and do that i've said it a lot because mm-hmm. life will beat you up like that and that's sometimes that's the way you feel right. don't trust nobody but at the same time you know relationships don't happen without risk mm-hmm. that's true in any sphere of life whether that's in work relationships or in romantic relationships or even family relationships, there is an element of risk involved. And you have to say, okay, the potential benefit here from this, the mutual benefit, is worth the risk. And sometimes you are pleasantly surprised that this was a great opportunity to, to have relationship relationship or a fellowship with someone. But if I live my life paranoid and like I can't trust anybody because they're all out to get me. Yeah. <laughs> then, it's a miserable then way you, to live. Right. Then you're lonely. Yeah. But a lot of people feel that way. A lot of people live <clears throat> like that too. And they're, they're, they, they live uh, a lonely life because they can't trust anybody. Yeah. For whatever, and they've been hurt, you know, by somebody in their own family or by a church member. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot. I mean, you think about the the people who are church hurt, right? That's a huge thing right now. Whether they're hurt be- because of leadership that fell, or because of you know people in their congregation who didn't treat them well, spouses or children that that had betrayed you in some way, you know. I mean, there's there's all kinds of places where people can certainly betray a trust and um, and do lots of incredible damage, you know. Yeah. But I understand what you're saying. Okay, be careful who you trust because Herodias was just out for the power. She was just looking for an opportunity to exercise that muscle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And. And the best of leaders can, they'll let you down. I remember back when I was building that log cabin and we were having a raise the roof day and a bunch of men from a church I was going to at the time was going to come and help us put these big mm-hmm. 22 foot long rafters up. And um, the preacher showed up. He was new. Mm-hmm. He hadn't been there very long. And... Um, he was the first one to show up and he come out there before anybody got there and we were talking and stuff and doing a few things 
And then by the time people started getting there for the work to start, he left. And he said, I'll be back in a little bit. And I, so I had told one of the elders that, because uh, they, they, they had asked where he was at, and I said, he left. And he said he'd be back. And that elder looked me right in the face and said, he, he won't be back. And I was like, what? He said he'd be back. He said, no, he, he won't be back. He won't. And he didn't. He never did come, he didn't come back to help, help us work. And I thought, this is... The, y'all hired this guy <laughs> and, you know obviously he's not keeping his word what kind of a, you know what kind of a preacher is he you know that's something small and insignificant mm-hmm. but to but you know to a lot of people I mean, they've been hurt by leadership mm-hmm. i mean obviously john the baptizer here was definitely hurt um he was beheaded but understatement yeah yeah so be be careful who you trust be careful who you trust. But but do trust people. It's a miserable life if you don't. Um, the second thing I want to go over is think before you speak. Think before you speak. Um, in verse 26, is, uh, Mark says, The king was greatly distressed. He was exceedingly sorry. But because of his oaths and his dinner guests, he did not want to refuse the request. Right? Um, pastor was preaching not too long ago on Esther. In Esther 8.8, 8, we learn that an edict written in the name of the king is and sealed with the king's ring cannot be revoked. I thought about Darius and Daniel. Mm-hmm. Right? Daniel, I'm, I'm sorry, Darius was manipulated into uh, by his own people mm-hmm. into signing a law that you can't pray, right? Mm-hmm. The only the king can pray for what, the thirty no, days. only to the king. Only to he the could king. only pray to the king for thirty days. Or certain, it was a short time, but if they he, knew that Daniel was praying three times a day right. to God, right? And Daniel, they they signed that law. Daniel goes home just like he always did. Opens his window. He didn't close. He didn't do it in secret. He did it open. They could still see him. Mm-hmm. And he and he did just like he always done. And then he's thrown in the lion's den because uh, Darius had. Mm-hmm. Had been manipulated, and and but he signed that decree, and because he had signed that decree, and made that law, he, he couldn't take it back. Mm-hmm. So you know he stayed up all night worrying about Daniel. So. But um, so wise man once say, "You have two ear, one mouth. <laughs> Listen twice as much as you speak." Yeah. Or you can you know, be, say it like James says, just be quick to listen and slow to speak. Mm-hmm. Or you can say it like uh, my boss said when we were building houses in Iowa, when I used to preach at church in Iowa, measure twice, cut once. Mm-hmm. So, um, Herod had made this decree in a public setting in front of his buddies, and he could not go back on his own oath because that would show weakness mm-hmm. and as, as the king and being in power he didn't want to show weakness and I'm sure in his state of mind and in front of his buddies there he would have never thought in a million years that uh, Salome would ask for the head of right. John back my, my footnote says um, in regard to greatly distressed the Greek for this phrase is also used to describe Jesus' agony in Gethsemane mm. So, meaning overwhelmed with sorrow, 
when he heard what she was asking for and he had just promised her whatever she asked for up to half the kingdom. Mm-hmm. That's that's a huge gift. You know, um, but then when he heard what she asked for, he was greatly distressed, overwhelmed with sorrow. Because he liked John. Just as Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He did not want to behead him. He did not want to kill John. Right. At all. Even though John was pointing out his sin, mm-hmm. he, he thought a lot of John because he, he knew there was something special about John. But he couldn't go back on, on his on on his decree. And, uh, uh, but what he didn't know was, and it goes back to what I was just saying, be careful who you trust. He didn't know that his own wife was behind the scenes planning this, this party, this whole time, and, and manipulating the situation. Um, but despite how he felt about John, despite feeling sorrowful, he had to follow through with what he said, and he did. He, he immediately ordered the execution of John. All right, the third thing is, um, despite living for God and doing his will, it does not mean we will not suffer. Mm. And that's the big one. Despite living for God and doing his will, it does not mean that we will not suffer. And I, you know, I, I don't understand why God allows certain things to happen in our lives. It's kind of what... Uh, Ash was talking about yesterday in a sermon. You know, it's just things happen. We don't understand why. Um, but what we do have to, what we can understand, what we can't control is our, how we react to this stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and when things do come, we got to continue to trust God and continue to walk with Him. Right? Yeah. Um, like, for example, why, why would He allow James? You got James and John, right? The sons of thunder, the sons mm-hmm. of Zebedee. Why would he allow James to be beheaded, yet his brother not? Why would he allow James to be beheaded and Peter is in prison too, but the angel comes and helps Peter escape? Well, why didn't God do that for John or James? So there's... Right, I mean, there's lots of stories throughout history of martyrs. Mm-hmm. I mean, of, of years gone by and, and even now in different parts of the world where, where Christians are heavily persecuted, where they're still losing their lives because of the name of Jesus, where they're still being beheaded or dismembered because they confess Christ as Lord. And in our culture, we don't even understand that. Mm-hmm. We can't fathom what that really looks like. Yeah. But you're right. Just because we're serving God doesn't mean that we won't endure some hardships. I mean, it's one of the biggest reasons why people have a hard time following Christ or coming to Christ. <clears throat> it's why we have a lot of atheists in the world today. It's because they'll, you know, the biggest thing is the problem with suffering. Mm-hmm. I had a teacher named Keepy Myers. In Bible college, it wrote a book on this, the problem that's literally called the problem of suffering. That's what this it deals with. This. It's a very deep subject for just one little podcast uh, to cover on a third point. But um, it, you just have to face the facts that I mean, we live in a fallen world. Everything was perfect 
when God created it and he had fellowship with Adam and Eve, when, when they ate of that fruit and disobeyed God, sin, sin entered in. Downward spiral. Downward spiral. Yeah. yeah. And when sin entered in, all the suffering came along with it. Mm-hmm. And so really, it's the consequences of somebody else's actions. Right. Kind of like what John's dealing with, with Herodias. Mm-hmm. We're, we're suffering the consequences of, of Adam and Eve's sin. Mm-hmm. And the fall of man. Um, all this bad stuff that goes on. Because um, back then it didn't even rain. Water came up from the earth, out of the earth. Right. You know, now we have rain. And now since we have rain, we have storms. Tornadoes. We just had tornadoes come through and kill a bunch of people, you know, in middle Tennessee. Now, you know, mm-hmm. about a week ago. Uh, you got volcanoes erupting, you know, in Iceland. All, just, There's flooding, yeah, yeah in and, South Carolina right now. And flooding, you know. I mean, just, things, things happen that's beyond our control mm-hmm. um, but Jesus said um, that in Matthew 10 22 he told his disciples you're going to be hated because of me uh, in Matthew 24 verse 9 you'll be handed over to the, talk to his disciples you'll be handed over to, to be persecuted and put to death and you'll be hated by all nations because of me because of me yeah doesn't sound like you know ooh uh, ooh pick me yeah. pick me yeah <laughs> yeah I want to be hated. Not sunshine and no. roses, right? And if you think about Jesus himself suffering, mm-hmm. you know, he allowed himself to be killed and crucified. Um, but he suffered, and he was God himself. Uh, Jesus himself said there was no one greater than John the baptizer, and yet here's John in prison, right? And he has his head cut off, all because the decision of uh, and a woman who wanted to be in power and she had to show that she had more power than he did right? and she silenced him forever so don't be deceived and think just because you come to Jesus that nothing bad is going to happen in your life and that serving him is going to make your life easier because that's not the point of salvation mm-hmm. to make our life easier I mean it may get easy for a little while maybe not it may get harder Mm-hmm. I mean, if you read the book of Acts and you see what happened to the disciples and, and those Christians. In this Paul, world, you will have trouble. Mm-hmm. Take heart, I have overcome the world. Yeah. So as we end uh, the podcast tonight, I want to remind you of what Jesus said in Luke 9, 25 through 33. And just for time's sake, I'll paraphrase it. If you want to be my disciple, if you want to follow me, you have to count the cost first because following, following me is not easy. In fact, there is rejection, there is pain, and you have to rely on me and not yourself. You have to trust me even when things are hard and seem overwhelming. And you have to continue to trust me when things do not seem to make any sense. That's my translation (laughs) of Luke 9, 25-33. These things didn't make sense to John right? when he's in prison. He knew that he had done exactly what he was supposed to do. He prepared the way for Jesus. Mm -hmm. He had lived for God to the best of his ability. He had preached hundreds of messages about the kingdom and repentance. He's Mm -hmm. baptized probably thousands of people. He kept himself pure before God. And as he learned that he's about to die, he sends his disciples off and asks Jesus, Hey, are you the one? So he he needs some reassurance. Even John... As solid as he was, he doubted. And those disciples went to Jesus and 
told Jesus what John was requesting. He said, you go back and report to John what you have seen and heard. The blind receive sight, the lame walk, those who have leprosy are clean, and the deaf hear and the dead are raised, and the good news is proclaimed to the poor. Mm-hmm. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. Yeah. So Jesus could have rescued John, but he didn't. Right? He could have kept John from suffering, but he didn't. He could have sent a letter telling John how sorry he was about the hardship that he's facing, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. He could have told John that he was praying for him. That's you know, like what, what a lot of people do today. I, pr- I pray for you. Right? He could have told John he was praying for him that God would intervene on his behalf, but he didn't. Instead, he told John, you've done well preparing the way for me. Don't give up now and don't lose faith. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything you want to add? You want to pray again? Yeah. yeah. Lord, help us, even when the hard times come, to trust you. To know that uh, in the grand scheme of things, you see the end from the beginning, and you will have your way. And we, we just declare that we yield to you. We're available for your use. And we desire to bring you glory. Even when things are hard. Even when when life becomes really difficult. Help us to stay steadfast. And immovable in our, our purposes in you. Because you've created us with a purpose. You've created us. You've called us your workmanship because you've you've got things created for us to do in the earth. So let it be said of us that we, like John, were faithful to the end to, to glorify you, to bring you honor. And when persecution comes, when hardship comes, Lord, strengthen our backs to be able to bear it. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Keep grinding. Thanks for listening to the Grounded Podcast. If we could pray for you or encourage you in any way, please email us at thegroundedpodcast at gmail.com or you can text us at 865-418-2824. If you're watching on YouTube, please click like and subscribe and you'll be notified about new episodes. If you're listening on an app, Leave us a five-star review, but most importantly, share the Grinded Podcast with a friend. God bless you, and remember, keep grinding.